much. So tonight, if you have your Bibles, Mark chapter 6, I want to begin reading in the 53rd verse. Mark chapter 6, verse number 53 this evening. And when they had passed over, they came into the land of Gennesaret and drew to the shore. And when they had, when they were come out of the ship, straightway they knew him and ran through that whole region round about and began to carry about in beds those that were sick where they heard he was. And whithersoever he entered into villages or cities or country, they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch if it were but the border of his garment. And as many as touched him were made whole. Isn't that beautiful? From these four verses at the end of Mark chapter 6, I believe the Lord wants us to think on this thought, staying in touch with Jesus. I got the study and uh, I went to the internet. I just Googled. I said, what do you think we should do to stay in touch with friends? Oh, it had all these things. And then I said, what happens if you feel like you begin to lose touch of friends. And it said these things happen. And then this is what I wrote it down. I wrote it down. I wrote it down. This is exactly what it said specifically. It said, someone that loses friends must realize that it is normal to lose touch with friends because of time and distance. May I just go on record tonight and say, I don't want to lose touch with Jesus because of time or because of distance or because of lack of communication, amen. He's always willing to communicate with me. It's my lack of communication with him. That's what we're digging at tonight. I want to stay in touch with Jesus every day, amen. Father, would you help us tonight to preach the word of God. Lord, I'll stand tonight and tell you, Lord, that I'm not qualified. I'm not able. Lord, I'm feeble. There's nothing good about me. But God, tonight, if you'd be pleased to cleanse us of our sin because we're sinners. And if you'd be pleased to empty us of ourself because we're full of self. And God, if you'd fill us with your spirit, God, then we might say something that might be helpful to this people tonight. And I pray, God, you would instruct them. The Holy Spirit would be our God. Help us tonight, God, as we think on these things to be encouraged. And for this we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Staying in touch with Jesus. Now, we've been preaching through the book of Mark, verse by verse by verse. And I started studying Mark chapter number seven, and man, outline, get ready to go. But the Lord said, you've not finished chapter six yet. You've got the, re well, I thought, well, Lord, those are kind of, you listen to a lot, I listen to a lot of preaching. And those are kind of like what they call bridge verses. And, and they're bridging, the, the, the end of what's happened in chapter six is bridging into chapter number seven. And Lord said, if you're gonna preach verse by verse, we're gonna talk about those four verses and you're gonna talk about it tonight. 
we're not leaving these four verses unaddressed. In fact, they're very important. They're, they are strategically placed in the Word of God. Think about what's happened in chapter number 6. Just look back. Chapter number 6, to start the chapter, he went to Nazareth and his own people rejected him and refused him. The Bible said he could do nobody work there because of their unbelief. And then they killed John the Baptist. And then Jesus' disciples went with him out of the wilderness. And there was a multitude there. And Jesus said, give ye them to eat. And they said, what are we going to do? This is a desert place. And the Lord miraculously provided and fed 5,000 men, not to mention the women and the children. And then they, the Lord sent them into the middle of a storm. I mean, man, great things have happened in chapter 6. And we're heading into great things in chapter 7. And look in chapter 6. At the end of these, in this chapter, in these four verses, this is one of the last scenes of Jesus' Galilean ministry. Galilee lies to the north in the region of Palestine. It is considered to be where most of the common people lived. It is the most populated area of that entire region. And may I say that Jesus first called his disciples in Galilee. He did his first miracle in Cana of Galilee. Jesus grew up in Nazareth of Galilee. He was rejected and could do nobody work there in Galilee because of their unbelief. And we see him withdrawing. And, and as he's leaving, you would think, well, he, he, he's, he, he's kind of down and out and he's been rejected and, and, and things don't look too good. I mean, for all I know, this last Sunday we had people right here at Bethel that rejected Jesus. I know where I was preaching. There's no doubt there were people that had rejected Jesus. Oh, what does Jesus do? He's eating down and out about, oh, it breaks his heart that someone rejects him. But there's a lot of people that's receiving him. There's a lot of people that still stand in touch with him. I feel preaching stirred. There's a lot of people excited about what Jesus is doing in their life. Amen. And I'm telling you, as he's leaving the Galilean area, look at all the things that just happened in these four verses that we consider to be bridge verses and we usually don't address them. In fact, I want to look in verse 53 and I want us to see, number one, the arrival of Jesus. The Bible tells us, and when they had passed over, passed over what? The Sea of Galilee. You remember, they've come through that great storm on the sea. Jesus was walking on the water. And Peter and all the disciples thought they'd seen a ghost and said, Lord, if it's you, bid me come to you. And the Lord said, come. Listen, don't you be stepping out of the boat unless Jesus invites you to step out of the boat. You step out of the boat on your own, you're going to have trouble. But if Jesus invites you to step out of the boat, you're on solid ground. Amen. And he started walking on the water. And he was going to Jesus. He saw the wind boisterous. He got afraid, got his eyes off the Lord, and began to sink. I wonder, was that the end of Simon Peter? I mean, did, he, did we have his funeral? Did, did John have to fish his drowned body out of the water there and lay him in there and said, boy, this is going to be a terrible, sad day when we have to notify his wife that he did what Jesus said and he drowned. Do you think Jesus came and said, boy, that was a big mistake. 
I mean, I've invited him to come to me and he didn't make it, he drowned. No, bless God, that's not what happened. But preacher Darren, the Bible says he sank. Yeah, but read on. The Bible says, he said, Lord, save me. And the Lord immediately reached down his, help me preach, reached down his hand, lifted him up, amen. And somehow, we don't know how, but they got back to the boat. I wonder if Peter walked on water again. Just him and Jesus walking on water back to the boat. Amen. You know what old Simon Peter found out? He found out what's over his head is under Jesus' feet. Amen. And really, truthfully, what's under Jesus' feet, because he lives inside of us, ought to be under our feet too. And we can walk with him. Amen. And the Bible says when they come to the shore there, they've come to the region of Gennesaret. Guess what I found out? The storm did not blow them off course. Jesus planned for them to go to the other side. Jesus planned for them to go through the storm. The winds didn't blow them off course. It's not been altered. They ended up just where Jesus wanted them to end up. Amen. And now, now you would think, after a night like that, those disciples being in such a storm, going through seeing people walk on the water and, and we thought he's going to drown but instead he got walked back to the boat with the Lord. I mean, what did I, you'd think, I, listen, I've been on the sea at times in such storms that I was so afraid. I'll be honest, I got back and kissed the ground. And he even said, Lord, I don't know if I'll ever get on another boat again. I'm so glad to be on something solid. Y'all ever felt that way? Lord, I'm just glad to be alive. Get through this, Amen. You would think that'd take a few days of R&R, rest and relaxation. But instead, the disciples are staying in touch with Jesus. When he gets off the boat, when he arrives on the shore of Gennesaret, the Bible says in verse 54, when he was come out of the ship straightway, they knew him. As soon as they dropped anchor, the 12 disciples got out of the boat. That didn't mean a whole lot. But when Jesus stepped out of the boat, everybody knew him. They recognized him and they began to run for the shore of Gennesaret. So we see Jesus' arrival. Now, number two, I want us in verse 54 to see the anticipation of Jesus. When he got there, look what happened. When they were come out of the ship, straightway they knew him, they recognized him, and ran throughout that whole region round about. So they've recognized him. There's no doubt about who he is. There, there's no confusion about who he is. Uh, when he stepped out of the boat, they said, Woo, that is Jesus. He's come to our church. He's come to our city. He's come to our village. Woo, how they got excited. Now when Jesus comes to Bethel on Sunday, we ain't always real excited. Well, he ought to be here. He said he would. Listen, honey, do you know who he is? He's the sinless son of God who died to take away your sins, amen, was buried and rose again on the first day of the week. He's the chain breaker. He's the miracle worker. He's the life giver. He's the sin forgiver. Honey, we ought to get excited about Jesus when he comes to the church, amen. And he did say, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst. And they recognized just who it was that's come to their village. Now this presents quite a challenge then, doesn't it? Because then if you've been saved by grace, you know him too. 
Verse 54, y'all to underline it. They knew him, and bless God, if you've been saved, you know him too. You know about his power. Woo! You know about his grace. You know about his mercy. You know about his salvation. I feel like running. You know about his salvation. God has been so good to us through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But there are many times when he's near to us, we fail to recognize him. We ought to be like the people of Gennesaret. You know what the word Gennesaret means? It means garden. It's in the northwest corner of the Sea of Galilee. In the Old Testament, it's known as the city of Chinnereth. You see it in the book of Joshua. You see it in the book of Judges. You see it in, in, in the book of uh, First or Second Kings. You see it, and later its name just gradually changed to Gennesaret. It means garden. It is a beautiful, rich farmland just off the Sea of Galilee. And may I say that when the Lord sees you, he sees you as a paradise. He's, preacher Darren, he don't listen. He's took a boat with you. He sees you. You see you as you, but he sees you as what you will be one day. <laughs> Amen. And so he's took up residence. They knew him. They recognized him. And when we began to fail to recognize him in our life, doubt creeps in. Fear grips our heart. We'll talk about Simon Peter and how he got his eye off the Lord, but we're doing the same thing, amen? This crowd, you know what they're doing? When they recognize him, they're staying in touch with Jesus. And they're excited. There is, my word was anticipation. There is enthusiasm. There's anticipation. We're about to see Jesus do something wonderful. And we're so excited. Honest, when was the last time you said, man, I, I can't wait to get to church. I'm so excited. I'm going to get Jesus. is going to be there. The person's going to be preaching about Jesus. They're going to be singing about Jesus. Somebody's probably going to get saved. Somebody's going to get help. And maybe I'm the one going to get encouragement tonight, amen. We ought to have enthusiasm. We ought to have some anticipation, some excitement in our services, amen. Verse 55, they begin to run through the whole region round about. And they began to carry about in beds those that were sick where they heard he was. So when they saw Jesus come to the shore and step out of that boat, they didn't just say, who is that? That's just Jesus. They didn't just remain quiet. They didn't just go about their day, their daily routine. They immediately, when they saw him, they said, he's here He's going to do a great work. We're excited. Let's go get everybody we can and bring them to where we think he's getting ready to go. And the new, they got the sick, the afflicted, the sinful, and man, they began to work and bring them in. Lord, give us the enthusiasm and the anticipation that the people of Gennesaret had about the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, preacher Darren, I've done good to get me here. Yeah, but you know what? They didn't just get themselves there. They went and got everybody else too. I'm, I'm challenging you for Sunday. Go get everybody you can. Bring them to the house of God, especially young people. This coming Sunday, 
Oh, preacher, there and young people as well, people. We're looking to get sick people. Bring sick people. Young people might be sinner people. Bring sick people. Be, bring sinful people. Bring them to the house of God. How often do we share the good news that Jesus has come to our church, that Jesus has come to our village, that Jesus has come to our home, that Jesus has come to our city? Hey, do you, do you, have, do you possess faith? Do you have excitement and anticipation of Jesus? Listen, what are we doing to get them there? Look at verse 55 again. They begin to carry about everybody in the beds uh, and those that are sick where they heard he was. Now, you got your Bible here. Let's turn back to chapter number uh, five. Chapter number five. And let's just look at verse number 17. Another time Jesus and his disciples had sailed across the sea. They come to a region, starts with the letter G. They came to a place called Gadara. There was a man there that was possessed with devils. I think the preacher just preached about that last week. And uh, when he cast the devils, Legion was his name, when he cast the devils out of that man, that man is now in his right mind, clothed, and he's sitting at the feet of Jesus. And you'd think the people of Gadara would be excited. Woo! Somebody got saved. Somebody got the devil kicked out of them. Hallelujah! But in verse 17, they began to pray him to, to depart out of their coast. They didn't want Jesus in Gadara. Turns out he was bad for the pig business. When he cast the demons out, the demons said, suffer us to go into the swine. Now, to a Jew, pigs are unclean animals. Some of you animal lovers don't go up in here now saying, now, Peter's going to be upset with what you're saying right here. But a pig to a Jew is an unclean animal. Why are they raising them anyway? Thousands of them. The Bible said there was about 2,000 choked in the sea. when the de- Even the pigs didn't want demons living in them. They committed suicide. For those of you that's young and don't know, that's how we called pigs back in the country. Zooey pig, zooey pig. And they'd come, they eat that old garbage that we feed them, amen. And I just want to say, the people of Gadara did not want Jesus, and they said, we want you to depart. We want you gone from here. Now Jesus has gone through another storm with his disciples, and he's gone back to the other side of the sea, to the land of Gennesaret. And they're not asking him to depart They're not rejecting him. They're saying, yes, Lord Jesus, come on down here and see our sick folk and our sinner people and preach to them and do miracles, Lord. We believe you. I wonder how it is in every church on Sunday. Are there churches where the Lord starts working that says, oh, no, 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 no. We're getting uncomfortable with somebody shouting and praising God. We're getting uncomfortable with the singers wanting to sing the chorus four more times and people praising God. We're getting uncomfortable with people laying in order. You see, to calm down. We want you, we know how to run the service. Let us do it. You just do your little thing. Or are we like Gennesaret saying, Lord, come, do what you need to do, move, stay as long as you'll stay, save, heal, whatever you want, Lord, it's what we want, amen. I'm just telling you, that's where they were. Let me say this, and I'll move off of it. There was a time when I grew up as a boy in America 
that my Jesus was regarded and respected by the majority of people in my life. In fact, when unbelievers heard about the Lord Jesus Christ, they respected him, his name. They respected the church. They wouldn't be drinking on church property. They wouldn't be drugging on church property. They wouldn't be spinning up gravel and laying down black marks, honey. They would be respectful. I'm talking about lost people were respectful of the house of God. I've even seen men walk by on the other side of the street from where the church was out of respect because they felt like they were not worthy to be on church grounds. But our nation is now responding like Gadara, saying, Jesus, depart. Get out of our schools, Lord. We, we don't want you in our schools. We don't want the Bible. We don't want prayer. We want homosexuality. We want transgenderism. We want furries. Preacher, what is that? That's kids that think they're an animal. And they're having to put litter in the bathrooms now to sustain them and satisfy them. You think I'm telling you a lie? It's going on right here in the counties that you live in. And it's unacceptable before God. I'm telling you, evolution is in, but God is being pushed out. That's what's happening in America. We're saying, Lord, we don't want you. Listen, no wonder our nation don't want the Lord because of the lack of anticipation and enthusiasm on our pews. If we can't get excited about Jesus, don't expect them to get excited about Jesus. If we can't respect who he is and the good word of God, don't expect them to respect it. Amen. Thirdly, and I'll be done, and you'll say hallelujah. When I look in verse 56, I see the authority of Jesus. Now, they're carrying in the sick people on beds. They're laying them that he might pass over them or pass around them. And, man, they're bringing everybody they know. Verse 56, whithersoever he entered into villages or cities or country, they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch, if it were but the border of his garment. And as many as touched him were made whole. Now, I love this because the people know who Jesus is. They're convinced that he has the power and the authority from God to heal people and to save souls. So they brought sick people and they laid them in the streets believing that Jesus would pass by their way. Those were acts of faith, believing that Jesus was going to do something Wonderful, amen. May I say this afternoon that we've been blessed beyond measure in this church. We have experienced the blessings. We have received abundant blessings from the Lord God Almighty. We have experienced his power, but for some reason we still live in fear. We live in doubt. We've got to get past our little scary experiences, and we've got to start stepping out in faith, believing He's going to save, believing he's going to send revival. I believe he can do it. This crowd, they, no doubt somebody would say, ah, he ain't going, what are you doing? Y'all wasting your time, nothing's going. They said, we're believing he will. And we're putting, listen, you know what, you know what the word believe, faith is? It's the word believe with legs on it. They said, we believe Jesus and we're, we're going to add faith to it. We're going to get them down there, amen. Now, now look with me. The Bible says in the middle of verse 56, we've seen their presumption. They're expecting he's going to do something. Look in the middle of verse 56. Look at their plea. They besought him. See, they're praying. They're pursuing him. They're requesting, Lord, 
if you would let us just touch the hem or the border of your garment. Lord, if you'd just let us do that, we believe you'd heal us. We're not asking you, Lord, we're unworthy for you to touch us. We're sinners. We're, we're diseased and defiled. We're not asking you to touch us. We're asking if it'd be okay for us to touch you. We want to stay in touch with you. Preacher Darren, you can't do that. You, you can't touch Jesus and live. Well, in the Old Testament, you're right. You remember the mercy seat they, they, and the Ark of the Covenant? They, they put it in the back of a cart and, and, and they were driving that thing. And um, a man by the name of Uzzah, he, he hit a bump or a low place or something and it started to lean. And he thought he had helped God out and put his hand up against it. And as soon as he touched the things of God, God killed him. Dead on the spot. A preacher is just trying to do the right thing, but the wrong way. You can try to do the right thing the wrong way and it'll get you killed. But now Jesus has taken upon himself a body like us, yet without sin. And he said, now I'm not to the point to where you can't touch me anymore. I want you to touch me. I'm available for you. I'm available for you to touch me. Man, my mind right now, my heart just working right now saying, hey, somebody here tonight wants to touch him. <laughs> and you may say, oh, preacher, how in the world can you touch him? By faith. He's here with us right now. Listen, my daddy laid in a coma after having three surgeries, been in the hospital 30-some days. The doctor says, I don't know what's going to happen. It's out of my hands. I've done all I can. And I saw as we was praying, reading scripture along these very lines over his bedside. His hands were covered by the sheet. I saw him begin to move. His hand came out like this. He began to grasp for something in midair. And you know what I think he's trying? I think the Lord was in there walking in the air. And I think he touched the hem of his garment. And my daddy sat up and said, with his other hand, he said, praise God. And you know what? I said, God, if you'll hear my daddy, I'll tell everybody. And I'm telling you kind people tonight that what the Lord did for my daddy way back then, he can still do for you. There are people that can still touch him, amen. You may say, oh, preacher, that's the craziest. Just reach out and touch him. I was telling y'all Sunday night, little Isla, my little granddaughter, she's not ashamed when she sees me to put her hands up and say like this. Come get me, Poppy. I see you, Poppy. Come get me. I want to be where you are. What would be wrong with saying, Lord, I just want to touch you. Woo. As you're passing by, I just want to touch you, Lord. Please let me. And they're praying, saying, Lord, we're not asking you to touch us. We're unworthy. Lord, we're just asking if we can touch you. Amen. And they're, they're, they're praying. They're, they're interceding. They're, they're, they're begging. They're, they're, they're asking the Lord, can we stay in touch with you, Lord? May I say this tonight? I appreciate people who are willing to intercede on behalf of others. Willing to pray and say, oh God, if they'd reach to you, Lord, would you touch them? Lord, would you change their life? Lord, if they'd reach to you and if they'd touch you, God, would you let virtue come out? Honey, he'll do that tonight, amen? Now look with me. The Bible says at the end of the verse, as many as touched him were made whole. Now, now you got your Bible, right? Go back to chapter 5. We just read about Gadara in chapter 5. Preacher, what is chapter 6, chapter 5 all over again? No, it's, it's the next chapter, but it's got emphasis and exclamation marks. Look at verse 25. There's a woman which had an issue of blood 12 years. Verse 27, when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind, touched his garment. Verse 28, she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I'll be whole. Woo. 
I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she fed her body that she was healed of the plague. Jesus said, who touched me? The disciple said, Master, everybody's trying to touch you. They, they're thronging you, Lord. And that woman, when she saw she could not be hid, she fell and confessed all. And he, you know what he said to her? He said, daughter. He didn't say woman. He didn't say stranger. He didn't say weirdo. He didn't say idiot. He called her daughter. That's a family name. I've got one daughter. I've got one son. Amen. That's my family. Amen. And Jesus just said, welcome to the family. The family of faith. You touch me. Don't you know she got up from there? And she began to tell him, you can touch him. And if you'll touch him, you'll never be the same. He'll change your life. You know what you can do with that? You can touch him. You know what you need to do about that? You can touch him. You know what you need to do? You can hey, y'all, listen to me. You can touch him. Look at me. I wasted everything I had for 12 years on physicians, and I was nothing better, amen. But one day I touched him, and look at me. I'm his daughter. I've been forgiven. I've been made whole. And I think she told everybody. And I think word made it across Facebook and Snapchat and Instagram and somehow the Gennesaret. And they heard, you know what? If we could just touch him, there'll be healing. And now they said, Lord, if you'll just let us, we're not worthy for you to touch us, but if you'll let us touch you, I believe that something will happen. And my Bible says everyone, as many, that's everyone that touched him, was made whole. What about that? Watch this tonight. Only those people who touched Jesus were healed. You weren't healed just because he came to your church. You weren't healed just because he came to your house. You weren't healed just because he came to your city or your village. You were healed as he passed by when you reached out and touched him. Now you may say, Preacher Darren, you're an idiot because you were doing like this the other night and you went over to get out of it. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to do that because I just don't believe in it. Well, go ahead. But he may not pick you up. And he may not give you special attention because I went to Isla when she did this and man, I loved on her. And I, I got me some good sugars and some good hugs, amen, because she wanted me. I went to her. I'm telling you, if you're willing, listen, I believe if you're just willing, Preacher Darren, what? You just, you know what? The hem of his garment is the lowest thing on Jesus' body. You'd have to get on your knees like this. You'd have to get down and you'd have to humble your pride and you'd have to be willing... I don't want nobody to look, but hope nobody saw that. No, they reached out and said, I'm going to grab a hold for just a second and believe. And then when I touch he, that he that's holy, he that's righteous, it'll change me. I believe he has the authority and the power to change my world. And they gripped on, amen. And they let go and they were made whole. There may be somebody tonight. You may just have to humble yourself and get on your knees and say, you know what, Lord? I've been praying about such and such for so long and nothing's happened. But God, if it really takes me just to say, Preacher, I'll not do it. That's fine. You'll not be healed. Preacher, I'll not do it. That's fine. You'll not get your prayer request answered because you're prideful. You're like, oh, what was his name? Naaman in the Bible. Said you need to go dip down there in the Jordan River. He said, are not the Arbana and the par far better rivers in the Jordan? That's a nasty old dirty river. That's a Jews river. I don't want to go down there. The man of God said, you get in the Jordan River and you dip seven times, you'll be whole. Well, I ain't doing it. Well, then stay a leper. 
Stay a leper. Your prayer request will not be answered. Well, I'll give money. I'll do what? I'll do something else. I'll do something where everybody will clap for me. You'll get in that river or you're not going to get it. And you know what they seen? He did the unthinkable. He stepped, took his soldier's uniform off, got down there in that river, and he began to dip, not just one time, but all seven times. And when he come up the seventh time, woo, don't you know, his skin, he was made whole. His flesh was perfect again, better than it was when he was a newborn baby. That's what his mama said, amen. I'm just telling you, amen, God wants to do a work if you're willing to humble yourself and do what he wants you to do, amen. As many as touched him were made whole. May I say this tonight? I don't want to lose touch with Jesus. I want to stay in touch with Jesus. How I stay in touch with Jesus is by humbling myself, by seeking his face, by praying, by communicating, by being desirous to be around him, to be in his word. Amen. I want to stay in contact with Jesus. Amen. You stand to your feet. I'm done. I'll quit right there. Maybe there's somebody here tonight. Miss Beverly, would you come play? Tonight, maybe there's somebody here. You think, preacher, Darren, listen, if I don't give an invitation now, I'd be a liar. I believe God has something he wants to do. I believe God's looking for you to be willing to humble yourself and just believe the word of God. You've tried everything else. What have you got to lose by coming to Jesus and calling upon him tonight? Lord, would you touch me? Lord, if it's not your will that I get perfect healing, give me the grace to handle What's going on right now? You watch what he'll do, amen. Our Father and our God, how we love you and how we thank you for the word of God. And Lord, you've shown us these are not just bridge verses to get into the next chapter. But God, these are important verses as souls were saved and lives were changed and many experienced not just spiritual healing but also physical healing, God, that they got in this life, God, and a spiritual healing that took them to the life to come. Lord, here we bow. God, as your son passes by, Lord, there's things right now I'm asking you. I'm reaching out to touch, Father. If you'd be pleased to pass by me. I'm unworthy for you to touch me, Father. Jesus, I'm unworthy for you to touch me. But if I could just humble myself and touch the hem of your garments. Woo! I saw what you did for my daddy. Lord, I pray, God, about this object. God, would you send healing? God, would you provide help? God, would you send us grace? God, would you meet the need of the hour? God, not just in my own life. But I have brothers and sisters that I love very much in this altar right now, God. And they're believing your son. Lord, I've run all through this church tonight. And everyone that I can talk to about it, I've asked them to come. Lord, they're here as you pass by. God, if it be pleasing to you, God, give them a token of good. Do for them, God. Do for them what only you can do. That you might get glory, sir, and honor. And with this I pray in Jesus' worthy name. Amen and amen.